All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Return. Uh, today, we want to talk about how we can discern a true prophetic voice in this hour. And I think without further ado, we'll just jump right in. quite a lot yeah quite a lot it's been something that i mean you and me benji and i have been talking about um just between us a friend uh called me the other day and she had been reading through jeremiah and was just you know hungry to find out a little bit more about this so we've been in dialogue about it and then actually i want to share this just as we get started because at the beginning of this 40-day fast that um we're on and that many believers are on right now around the world, I had this dream and um, just to be brief, uh, in this dream, I was at a conference event and a leader from um, my past who is in the charismatic world was giving a teaching or preaching on Israel and um, I was getting upset in the dream because I knew what he was saying about Israel wasn't correct and it wasn't biblical. And in the dream, I started, yeah, just getting really angry and I I wanted to speak up. And so I I was trying to like say things to correct him, but nobody was listening to me. And then it was as if the dream reset and I was able to redo my response to what he was saying. And instantly in the dream, I fell down on the floor in travail and I was just crying and praying and interceding uh, for him and for them. I I mean, for the right message to go forth instead. And then um, I'm just leaving out some of the personal details, but I will say my mom was in the dream. And at the end of the dream, the Lord gave me this really direct message. And he said, tell your mom to ask for discernment about who the true prophetic voices are. It's not that they need to prophesy negative, but if they're only prophesying the positive, they're not prophesying the true word of the Lord. And that was the end of the dream. And um, my mom walks in some prophetic circles, and so I know that that was a message for her, but also it spoke to me pretty strongly. And That's pretty strong. Yeah, so anyways, that that dream kind of alerted me to this topic and... um, I just want to say that even personally, the Lord putting his finger on that issue in my, in my life of, of just how are we to respond to even people who maybe are saying things that are incorrect or, or taking biblical passages out of context and applying them wrong or whatever. And the Lord was putting his finger on me, and I believe that he's doing this broadly too, but on arrogance. you Number one, we cannot confront um, false teaching or, or even incorrect teaching because not all teaching is, you know, trying to be heretical. We see in part, we know in part, but um, the way we cannot address or correct uh, that kind of teaching if there's arrogance in us. And that was something that I knew that the Lord was putting his hand on for me personally, but I do believe that that 
is also something for the body of Christ that just as we move into the days that we are currently living in and and that are escalating, the Lord really cares about removing pride and and giving humility and meekness to his body and to his messengers to bring forth the true word of the Lord. And so anyways, I just wanted to sneak that in there in the beginning, but that was kind of how this conversation over the last few weeks has been started for for me. Yeah. And I mean, I think that was a a, a dream given um, from the Lord to you. And because we're in a season of fasting, we've been asking the Lord for dreams and dreams are really, really helpful because they open so many layers, specifically in our soul and truths that probably we believed or we understood, but now we actually get layers. So I really like that part of God is actually being confronting us on our arrogance and humility is the ultimate goal yeah. of a Christian, you know, first commandment and humility, which is basically the same. Humility is just the expression of the first commandment. Um, but at the same time, God does have a controversy, Old and New Testament with false prophecies. Yeah. And there's different layers. I just want to make a distinction biblically. There could be like five layers, but I just want to talk about the two main ones. We can have, there's false prophets, all the New Testament. The Old Testament, we can have Jeremiah 23 as an example. New Testament, we can have um, Matthew chapter 7. Jesus, both, all the New Testament talk about false prophets. They are wicked. It, they have bad intentions. They are like wolves. They, you know, they are, they are not making just... Uh, you know, theological mistakes here and there or a little bit of love of money. No, they actually are, have ma- malice. They're malicious. This is bad. And we don't want to talk about that. Those are going to be pretty evident. The difficult ones are sincere believers that actually have a prophetic anointing in their lives. They might not be prophets as an office, as one of the five ministries, but they do have one of the fruits of the Spirit which is, oh, the gifts of the Spirit, which is uh, prophecy. And they can operate in that, but they might have even biblical language. Some don't have it, but many have the biblical language. But the main point is that they don't have the prophetic, inter- the right interpretation of the word of the Lord for that season. Mm-hmm. And that makes it not a false brother, a false prophet, makes it a, a sincere believer with a, with a false prophetic message. Yeah. You can you can call it false or with error or inaccurate. And God takes it really serious. All again, all the New Testament, because in the Old Testament the prophets used to be the shepherds of the Lord. You know, the the shepherds meaning the ones who the Lord used mostly to change the conversation of the people of Israel and also change uh, the sight of the uh, of of the people of Israel, meaning they they God used them to turn their eyes to look at God for the first commandment. That was the the main point. A good shepherd, it's of the Lord, is that one that takes the heart of the of the people and take it back to the first commandment. Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus is the good shepherd. Yeah, because he brought us back to the Father back to the first commandment. Actually, Jesus was the only one who called the first commandment or uh, 
the great commandment, you know, that, that you shall love the Lord. So God, two things, God takes it really serious. And number two, we need to know how to discern the prophetic message. Again, not, not going to, I'm going to denounce that person because that's arrogance and there's ways to do it and there's people in place with authority to do it. We're not talking about that mm -hmm. right now. We're talking about how individual people right now, because of the, uh, you know, the phenomenon of social media, we are listening to 20,000 prophetic people with, you know, everyone is saying the coronavirus is God. The other one is coronavirus is the devil. Coronavirus is conspiracy theory. Coronavirus is the, you know, the government and, and all of these things. And one of the things that Jesus said is be careful how you hear. Mm -hmm. So this is why we're talking about this. It's not to point the finger to someone specifically or to call someone a, a false prophet, but to discern the prophetic voice of God so we can have the right narrative. Yeah. Because if we do, we will not be offended when God shakes the nations. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to put that as a qualifier too, to, just to say like right now, um, it's the coronavirus pandemic that is touching the earth and, you know, we're in this quarantine and all that stuff. And there are so many voices within the church and without like outside of the church that are all voicing their opinions. Um, but I just want to say, even within the church, we're, we're not thinking of anyone or anything specifically, but it's just the fact that there is right now when crisis comes, people are naturally looking to people to lead them. Yeah. And so the thing is, is you're going to get so many, um, uh, su such a big variety of messages coming out. And I mean, even this podcast, I mean, like this is us giving our perspective and what we feel is insight. And yet, uh, I just want to say again, kind of going back to what you just mentioned a minute ago, but I think that it is so important. And I would say that this is one of the key ways to discern a true prophetic voice. And it really is, do they emphasize the first commandment? Yeah. And I, I just want to expand that a little bit more because, um, I, I like the way that I heard this the other day, you know, in the law back in Deuteronomy, you have, you know, the, the verse where it says, you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And then you get a ton of other laws that go with it. Well, Jesus shows up on the, sh on the scene and he emphasizes that that is the first commandment, meaning it's meant to be in first place. And it is the great commandment, which means it is the greatest one. And Jesus emphasized that probably the most in all of his teachings, but he gave tons of other teachings too. And so I'm, I'm saying that to say the way that we want to discern true prophetic voices or even true biblical voices is maybe the first commandment, they're not going to talk about it every day or, or everywhere that they go, but is it an emphasis in their ministry? Is it an emphasis in their life to, um, to call people back to loving God with all of their heart, their soul, their mind, their strength? And I want to say that that includes holiness of lifestyle too. That includes the living the Sermon on the Mount, um, which is massive. That includes, you know, purity before the Lord and, and reaching for God with everything that we have, that we don't want to live in any ounce of compromise. 
but it really is uh, going after him with spiritual violence as, as we see in, in Matthew 11. And so I would say that that has to be one of the clearest ways to define true biblical teaching, true biblical leadership, a, a true you know, prophetic voice is, are they leading you back to loving God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength? Yeah, and that is one of the, that's why it's, it's, it's so important that if God is using you or is using me to, to speak about, you know, things that are currently happening, and we, we want to say, I feel the Lord is saying and give an interpretation and you have an audience is very, you have to be very careful because Jeremiah 23 verse 18, actually the Lord is accusing those false prophets because they actually didn't spend time with him in his counseling. He said, because the if they actually would have stayed in my counsel, meaning intimacy with me, if they actually heard my words, the result would have been different. And the result for them, their ministry is they're growing in money, growing in audience because they are saying everything is okay. But the fruit I was waiting is that they will turn the hearts of my people to hear my words so they will repent so I could heal them. But now I'm going to have to send the plague and send them to Babylon because of these false prophets. And I didn't have, I didn't have faithful ones. So that's the point of the book of Joel too. Uh, the book of Joel starts in chapter 1 saying, you have to stop uh, and, and, and ponder, tell the, the elders, tell the priests that this situation, you guys could fix it. You guys could fix the plague, the locust, but that's not the point. Stop trying new techniques to solve the problem and turn to me. That's the point. And, that, and again, again not, not just Jeremiah and Joel. But it's every prophetic voice will turn and interpret what's happening to turn the hearts for the first commandment. If that is not happening in the message, if there's not, and it's only puffing up, everyone, you will be the anointing of the Lord. And, you know, I've heard so many things, so many messages, especially in English, unfortunately, um, during this coronavirus thing saying, no, God is not behind these you will arise and but which is just cute it's awesome there's good intentions in that but i'm not hearing a lot of we need to repent like we need to turn to god like we have made food our god comfort our idol and you know what are those prophetic voices that actually can make us be holier you know and repent from you know glottonry and all of these things and and so, uh, uh, like what you're saying, the, the, the true prophetic voice emphasizes the first commandment and asks uh, and, and pleads that we will actually repent and turn to the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. People, I don't know why people are afraid uh, that, that, you know, to be prophetic and call people to repentance. I don't know if they are like trying to say, I'm not one of those who you know, are prophesying judgment or are super pessimistic. But if we don't have that element in our voice, we are going to deceive people. Yeah. Well, I will say to prophesy repentance over a nation or to people is to prophesy disruption to them. Yeah. 
it is massively disruptive to our flesh, to, um, you know, our comforts, our way of living to actually pick up our cross and die. I mean, it is death to the flesh day after day after day. And so, I mean, I think there's that, but going, pulling back from, um, the dream and this is very rooted in, in the Bible as well, but just the whole fact that a, a prophet doesn't necessarily have to prophesy negative to be the true prophet of the Lord, but they can't only prophesy the positive. And that's something that we see in Jeremiah 23. Um, I forget the reference in Ezekiel. There's a, there's a chapter in Ezekiel that touches on it too, but it's, it's, people who will only tell you good things, positive things, things to, you know, puff you up or like examples that we get in the Old Testament is prophets telling kings like, yeah, you're going to go into this battle and you're going to win when it says like the Lord had planned destruction for them, you know, because of their sin. And so the thing is, is a true messenger of the Lord like John the Baptist will come in with the message of saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I think Jesus came that first time with John as his messenger, you know, who was walking in the spirit and the power of Elijah, who was living a fasted lifestyle in the wilderness, who didn't even have to advertise his ministry, but people went to the wilderness to go see him. Like talk about the opposite of a a lot of what we see in, in today's uh, ministry world, which it's, a lot of advertisement of, of self and whatever. And I, I don't even want to get off on that, but I just want to say John was operating in the true prophetic anointing to the point where people went to a wilderness to go see him. And I'm just thinking Jesus came in the flesh that first time. And yes, oh my gosh, it was glorious and incredible how much more is it going to be when he comes back as the resurrected king full of glory? And right now we're living in the generation that gets to prepare the way of the Lord. And he really is raising up messengers right now. He's raising up his body to be messengers, to be true prophetic voices, to live that fasted lifestyle, that Sermon on the Mount lifestyle. And um, people who aren't afraid to say, repent, you know, the kingdom of heaven really is at hand. The king is actually coming. And that kind of just segues us into uh, this last point for this episode that I want to talk about. And and that is the fact that the New Testament really actually has a lot to say about false prophets within the church. It's not, you know, it's not even, uh, you know, people in the world or unbelievers who are going to creep in and and deceive people or whatever. There's so many passages. I mean, just to give you a few, the book of Jude talks about it. Second Peter two, second Timothy three, Matthew 24, Revelation 13. These are all passages that deal with false prophets. And and there's more than that list even, but something I I'm pretty sure we've said this before in an episode, but it just, sticks out to me so clearly that when the disciples came to Jesus in Matthew 24 and asked him, tell us what the signs of your coming are going to be. The first thing that he starts out with is take heed to yourselves that you're not deceived for many are going to come in my name 
saying they're the Christ, and many are going to come as false prophets. And so the first thing Jesus warns the disciples about, he warns his followers, believers, is take heed that no one deceives you. And this theme is just emphasized over and over again until we even get into the book of Revelation where we see the Antichrist and the false prophet are actually working false signs and wonders to the point that, you know, the false prophet's able to call fire down from heaven and and do miraculous wonders and and the the beast gets a head wound, which means he should have he should have died or he does die and then gets resurrected. So meaning we're at like a level kindergarten right now where there is error, there is, you know, sincere error like Benji was talking about. And the Lord is helping us with all of that because, again, we need each other. We need the yeah. body to strengthen the message as iron sharpens iron. But then there really is also false doctrine and, and heresy. And I think as the times get more and more serious and we really are living in that day we're going to see um we're going to see more of those false prophets false messages arise to the point that they will come with lying signs and wonders and i like this point that i've heard mike bickle say before is you know we all we always picture false prophets coming in with horns but the thing is is that's never actually how they look they're usually the charming the very um, incredible orator, you know, the one that makes a lot of sense, that moves the heart, even that has anointing on them. That's the scary thing most of the time is a lot of people can move in, in genuine anointing, but be speaking false words. And um, I didn't even reference this passage, but this is a, a huge one. It's 2 Thessalonians 2. The context is the great falling away from the faith and the appearing of the Antichrist on the world stage. And a few verses later, near the end of the chapter, it says, um, the Lord will actually send, the Lord will do this. The Lord will send a spirit of delusion upon those who did not have a love for the truth. Because it says something along the lines of, you know, they love a lie more than they love the truth. And that passage, I just remember reading it the first time and being like, oh my goodness, like the Lord is going to send a spirit of delusion. Basically, it's kind of that concept of Pharaoh hardening his heart, hardening his heart, hardening his heart, till finally it says in Exodus, the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. You know, it's the Lord really will give you what you want in the end. And um, when I read that verse I felt this connection to John 4 when when the when Jesus tells the woman at the well he says there's coming a day when my worshipers will worship me in spirit and in truth. And I've thought about that a lot because I've grown up in a very charismatic background which I'm so grateful for. But um something that I have seen emphasized a lot is you know we just want to go with the spirit, we want to feel the spirit. You know, we're going to do a lot of things that are more subjective, like I'm feeling this or I'm led more by my, by my emotions. And I think absolutely like there is genuine things and the Lord leads through that, all of that. I don't want to bash it, but I do want to say we have to couple worshiping in the spirit with worshiping in truth, which is a love for the word of God, a love for 
the scriptures, a love for the truth of, of who he is so that we're not making a God in our mind or a God in our image or, or something that we perceive him to be. And the reason, again, why that is so important is because if we are just worshiping in spirit, there are spirits of delusion out there. And as we get closer to the day of the Lord's return, he says he's going to release that spirit of delusion for those who don't have a love of the truth. And that's sobering, that's intense, but that's the word of the Lord. And so all of that to say, how how can we discern the true prophetic voices? We have to respond in humility first to the messages that are coming out. We have to respond in intercession and travail. And I'll just say that uh, in response to the to my dream, it's, I'm kind of just feeling like, Lord, you have to even touch my heart so that I, I feel like going into travail and intercession because most of the time I'm just angry or upset and I do want to fix it. But it's also travail to uproot the arrogance in, in my own heart and in my own life. So responding in humility, looking for the voices or the leaders in the body of Christ, the shepherds that are actually leading us to Jesus, leading us to the first and the second commandment, to holy living. And then uh, thirdly, really knowing the truth of the scripture so that we are not deceived and that we can uh, detect and, and perceive deception as we get closer and closer to the Lord's return. Yeah. And before we finish, I just want to make the clarification on there's two levels that can be happening at the same time and that we have to include that in in our filter of how we hear and i mean this god can be sending a personal revival to a local church to a family or an individual saying i want i love you i will restore you you are this and that and it's completely amazing and it's great and it's true but at the same time, he can be dealing on a national level in judgment. And there's no contradiction at all or vice versa. And, uh, and so God deals individually differently than with a nation. And he, he does different things with the church than with the nation. And with the nation... Uh, God, um, you know, the prophetic words for a nation have to be weighted differently because it, it, it involves laws, it involves, you know, human trafficking, the shedding of innocent blood and abortion and all of these things. And my point of this is saying this, that part of the things that have been, I don't know, releasing anger, anger in me when I hear these things is, Prophecies that should be for individuals, meaning God is going to raise you up. God is going to do this. In this coronavirus moment, I'm specifically talking about that. They are saying it as a nation. God is America. This is your time to thrive. And we will arise and all of these things. And I'm like, God is going to deal with America and all the countries of the earth. And he has to deal with the shedding of innocent blood and all of these things. So... Just add that to the equation. Maybe we can talk about that later. But um, when we discern prophetic voices, we need to first see all of this list of things that you, you said, Gabe, but also see if 
is different when we're talking about a nation and God has to deal with a nation differently related to laws and stuff and, and, and the church and individuals. That mm-hmm. We have to differentiate th- these two because God can be judging a nation and bringing revival to a church at the same time. Actually, he actually... He actually does that many times in history. Yeah. Um, so that we have to add that to the equation too. Yeah, and I, I would just say on that point, and then we'll close. The Lord will often, we see this pattern set in Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28. The Lord will use and send pestilences, famines, plagues, economic crises, whatever. You can find the list in those chapters because it's it's the first step to say, hey, I'm trying to get your attention because I want to show you mercy. And so actually, if prophetic voices right now are and, and would be declaring repent, you know, this is this is an hour for us to wake up to who who Jesus is and to the Lord and to confront our sins. If if that was the prophetic message that was coming out and the you know, it's time to rend your heart before the Lord for for this to actually become a personal and a real issue of repentance in your life. The Lord wants to show mercy. That's the whole point. He's yeah. waving his hand to say, hey, I want, I'm trying to get your attention. If you turn to me, who knows if I will relent and show mercy. But the thing is, is if that message isn't going forth, there's just a continued... Yeah. hardening of the heart there's a continued you know humanism of we're gonna just get through this together we've got our technology we've got our abilities we're you know we're united in this together we're strong yeah. and and we're missing the point completely yeah. which is the lord wants to get our attention he wants to restore us he wants to heal the land he wants to make the wrong things right and bring true justice but we need the true messengers and the message to go forth in order for that to happen. And so, yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then maybe we should talk about this massive subject, subject in another podcast soon. Because it actually give us another, gives us another framework and another filter for this. But is can God judge in the New Testament as he did in the Old Testament. Because part of the error that many sincere believers with a prophetic anointing have is a bad theology, thinking that the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And that makes them be like, I don't want to be that guy that, you know, we're New Testament. And that adds to the the equation too. And um, so... Yeah. I'll let you bring that up. We will <laughs> you, you next time. You can do the time. intro to the podcast and everything. <laughs> we'll do it next time. We'll see. I just want to say in closing, we love to hear your guys' thoughts. So if you, through the Anchor app, if you want to send us voice messages, if you want to comment, if you want to leave reviews for us, we like that. So. And we like prophecy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much. That's why we have sale for this. We want, we're asking the Lord to increase the prophetic spirit in our lives personally and corporately. Yeah. We want to see the body walk in that. Okay. We will end this episode. God bless you.